Welcome to Tone Benders, a sound designer's podcast. Here are your hosts, Timothy and Renee. Welcome to Tonebenders. My name is Renee Coronado, and today I am going to attempt to do a little bit of double duty. I did a screen grab walkthrough of some new software out there called Sound Particles that people have been talking about and that we just recently acquired at Dallas Audio Post. And what I'm going to try and do for the podcast is take the audio that I recorded for the screen grab, edit it down a little bit to where you don't have to sit and wait on me clicking and incorporate that into this particular episode. You're going to hear me talking about some things that I'm seeing on screen, but hopefully enough of what I was describing will come across that you can get a feel for what the software is doing. And minimally, you'll be able to hear the output of what the software is doing, which in the end, that's what really matters is what the heck does it sound like. No one on the back end cares what the software you're using looks like. The only thing that really matters at the bottom line is what it sounds like. So you'll, you'll get to hear some of that as well. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Renee underscore Coronado. Tim is at Azimuth Audio, and we are at the Tonebenders. So let's get into the segment. Hey there. So this is a little screencast about the new software that came out called Sound Particles. Um, it's got a lot of potential. It's got a lot of uh, things that it's capable of. It's a definitely a different headspace type uh, software for sound designers than a lot of stuff you'll tend to see. It's got a little bit of a learning curve. And, you know, one of the main reasons I'm doing this particular screencast is because the YouTube videos that are out there from Nuno Fonseca, the, the author of this particular software, don't have a whole lot of actual audio examples of what the thing sounds like as he's stepping through his instruction manual of how it works. So I kind of want to show off a little bit of some of the sound and show some of the things you can do with it and also show some of the things that I hope you will be able to do in the future. As you start a new session here, it's got uh, a bunch of templates that you can get into um, that are that are really good starting points. I'm going to go ahead and open up an empty one though, just so so I can show exactly what you can do from the ground up with this. Um, this particular software has some of the better sounding Doppler that I've heard out there. I really, really enjoy the Doppler in it. So just to show you a Doppler effect from the very beginning from the ground up, because it does take a little effort to get something happening here. When you open up the main screen, you're looking at a, uh, a grid basically of where your microphones are and where the particles are going to be that are sending sounds out within your sound field. Um, in that layout, it's very similar to uh, video game middleware, maybe not even middleware, but some of it actually does kind of feel like middleware in, in that you set a bunch of randomization parameters and see what the heck happens. Um, but it's also to some degree like particle um, effect generating software on the visual side. It's, it's kind of similar to that too. It comes from that headspace, that mentality. Uh, so what we're looking at here is this, this grid of the place and the thing that we're going to see. And you, you can see it's 3D, so there's a, there's a front view where you can look at the microphones from behind and the top view from you looking at them, looking at them from above. You can set different uh, microphones up. It defaults to a mid-side pair. Um, so there's a microphone pointing forward, which would be a cardioid, and then one pointing left, which is actually a left and right figure eight. I'm going to switch over to an ORTF pair because I like ORTF um, just because it's a little more clear exactly 
what you're dealing with as far as a sonic field. Um, so in ORTF pair, and you can see how it shifts the arrows there, it shifts kind of where the microphones are sitting. Uh, I can switch my microphone type up if I want. If I want to switch from cardioid to hyper, I can do that, but I'm going to leave it as cardioid because that's kind of the de facto definition of of an ORTF pair. You have a microphone position um, area here where you where you can set the mics. You can't move the mics in space, but you can set them in a certain spot. So X is left and right, Y is front and back, and Z is up and down. So I'm going to set it at a negative about six yards on the Y axis. So anything that I put behind it, um, and if I zoom in on it, you can see exactly how far back it is. So, um, so I'm putting it basically behind my normal y-axis so I, so I can just shoot stuff back and forth down the y-axis. So for me to actually create sounds with this thing, I hit the little plus box, and I'm going to start for the Doppler effect. I'm going to add a single point source. So that is just one sound that I'm going to start zipping through space here. So it creates a new track here. And it creates a new set of parameters on the right. It gives it a name. You can call it whatever you want. Um, there's a spot for you to add an audio file. So I will add a recording of my motorcycle rolling down the highway at about 60 miles an hour. It auto plays down here. onboards of my motorcycle as I was cruising along the highway. When I import it, it gives me a warning that the sample rate is different from the session sample rate and it auto changes my session sample rate, which is fine. And it auto plays it again. I'm just going to stop it there. So there's a blue dot down here that shows where my microphones are. There's a yellow dot up there that shows where my motorcycle is. So what I want to do is I want to move my motorcycle in space across the uh, the stereo field and get a nice Doppler sound from it. So starting position, I'm going to set my Y, which is my front to back, down to zero, so it's right in front of me. I'm going to set my Z up one yard, just get it up off the ground a little bit, and I'm going to set my X, which is my left and right, at negative, oh, we'll say 400 yards, like so. So now it's going to start on the left. Um, if I just render this out, it's just going to play as though it's just sitting there on my left and I'm not actually like hearing anything uh, moving. So even though it sounds like it's running, it's not actually moving in space. One other thing that happens here, um, I should... I should spell this out, is that under the preferences, you see the render here, and it's got a normalized level to negative one. So basically, within its own internal gain structure and normalization, it probably turns everything down by about 90 dB, renders it all out, and then normalizes it back up to number to, to negative one. And you'll see the effects of that as various things either come close to the mic or not. Um, it'll show a whole lot of dynamic range with certain Doppler movements. So that's kind of why my motorcycle still sounds loud, even though it's 400 yards away from me. It's just because it normalized the output. So let's move the motorcycle across 
in space in time here. So there are movement modifiers that I can add here. So I'm going to give it a straight line velocity. And I'm going to move it along the x-axis. So I'm going to zero out my y and z-axis. And I want to move it at about 60 miles an hour from left to right. Now, you see how my waveform went back to unrendered. If I hit the play button here, you can see the motorcycle start moving in space now. And actually, 400 yards is kind of far away for that, so maybe I'm going to start it at negative 200 yards. We'll split the difference there so we can see it start up and run by. If I hit the render button, you'll see a waveform that looks much more like what it should look like for a Doppler pass-by. And there's the buy. If I change my start point from 200 yards away to 300 yards away, it's going to pass me by at a different spot. Like so. So that's kind of the basic Doppler effect. And you know, if I want to, I can shift out my Honda recording, my motorcycle recording for something like, say, a roller coaster. Now, one limitation of this particular software is that if I have a long head to my recording here, because this thing goes for a long time before it actually gets interesting. then it really does uh, hamper my ability to make it exactly how I want it to be, especially if I just want to hear a Doppler by. So what I got to do is remove this for the moment. I got to go to my initial sample and I got to chop the head off of it. So I'll look at my waveform. I'll find the spot that's interesting. I'll cut everything before that, save it, close it, re-import it. starts at that spot there. Render that down, and we'll take a listen to that. So there's that. If I want a less extreme Doppler effect, I can go to the air damping. Um, under the project settings. Uh, right now my attenuation is at 4.5. I can drop it down to about two, which cuts it a little bit more than in half. And I'll hear more of the uh, head and tail. And then if I go back to my source and make it go faster, instead of 60, we'll make it go to like 90. We'll start it from further away.
So that's just kind of the basic Doppler sound. That's the basic Doppler math on the thing. Um, so as a basic Doppler, that's kind of how that works. It works fine. It, it actually sounds really nice if you set certain parameters. Um, you know, I can do other things like I can set a rotation movement where it'll, uh, it'll start rotating in space around me. So if I render this, pretty cool it's a much more complex movement um it's it's really capable of quite a lot especially if you if you really set it uh set it up in a certain way so that's your basic single source i want to do one thing i want to move one item past my microphones kind of setup so let's do a new one and i'll tell you what i'm just going to delete this source here delete okay I'm going to leave my microphone system set up as it is. Uh, now, another thing that it's got is a particle emitter. So what a particle emitter does is it, it sets your particles to start at a certain place. Uh, in this case, you can start it at a point, um, and you can set that point a certain perspective away from your microphone array. So in this case, I'm going to set it on the y-axis, maybe 30 yards to the right. So there's a point right there that, that's happening. And from this point, it's going to start shooting things well. It'll start creating particles, and the particles will start doing what I ask them to do in my movement parameter here. So now with the particle thing, I can either move my emitter or I can move my particles. Um, if I do my particles, I'm going to give them straight line movement. I'm going to add velocity. And I, I want them to shoot from right to left straight down the down in front of my mics so basically creating multiple doppler effects uh, that is my x axis and i want them to move at about 50 miles an hour and actually we'll call it negative 50 because i need them to go right to left and i will also give them um, one thing that you see here is uh, a distribution array so what it's going to actually do is it's going to either give it uh, a minimum of 50 or a maximum of negative 50. Um, and I should probably cancel that and make this look like this, 50, like so. And then what I can do is I can max it at zero or at even negative two so that none of them move from right to left, uh, move from left to right, and they all move from left to right. So if I hit apply and I hit play, you can see particles shooting out at various speeds between 2 and 50 miles an hour from right to left on this on the screen. So now I don't have any sounds tied to those particles quite yet. So let's tie some sounds to it. As I go to my rabbit ears rocket. So here's a bunch of rockets that are from the rabbit ears audio library. One of my favorite libraries is rabbit ears rockets. I use it for stinking everything. Uh, so now it's loaded up all of these samples into my audio files, and here's the individual. So 
So those are basically follow-bys of rockets. So microphones aimed at the rocket the whole time. So it's not whizzing by or anything like that. These are kind of mono shotgun mics aimed at rockets from, from a source perspective, which is exactly what I want. Uh, if I render this out, we're going to see a whole bunch of rockets moving from right to left. Now I can change the number of particles that shoot out, so instead of 10 per second, we'll do 2 per second, and we'll do it for a total of like 6 seconds, and that's going to give me a total of 12 particles. Some of the effect I'm hearing, I think, is that the actual rockets are dying out a little bit before they pass in front of the mic. So if we go to my particle emitter system, and I set my particle point, my starting point a little closer, say 15 yards, and switch my microphone back up to an AV pair of Omnis. That's more like it. That is happening. Now, one other thing that you can do with any of these particle emitters is you can hit the refresh button. Because right now, you'll notice, even though I'm changing the microphones up, it's basically it's the exact same um, decisions that it made as far as which samples it's playing when. <laughs> So if I refresh that um, with the little refresh button at the top and re-render, it's going to give, make different decisions as far as which particles have which sounds on them. Other things that I can do to the actual particles themselves um, is I have audio modifiers here. So I can do random gain, so I can change my gain within a range that I define, plus or minus 12 dB. Actually, I think it's just 0 to negative 12 dB is the default on that, and you can set that however you like. I can also do time and pitch. It defaults to 12 semitones. Let's take it down to about 5 semitones, plus or minus. And there are EQ filters and, and random delay start times also. So if I do random delays, this is a start time. It's not actually running it through a delay. It's, it's uh, delaying when it actually fires a sample off. Um, so if I leave that at 2, there are, there are going to be some that don't fire until after they, uh, they pass me by. So you can use parameters like that to build more variation into it. Now with rockets, they're pretty white noisy, so you can't hear that variation quite as much. But it's definitely uh, a useful thing. So that's the particle emitter. And, and again, you can move the particle emitter around. You can do things like you can add a... Um, you can add some Y to the uh, velocity that you put in there which will, instead of shooting them all straight in a straight line, it'll start to scatter them a little bit. It'll start to just spray them around. So if I render that with a little bit of kind of wider spray. Something like that. I could even move it earlier. 
Refresh that, render it again. You see how quick it renders too? It actually renders relatively quickly with small amounts like this. So even though I'm not in total real time and it is another mouse click, it's not um, utterly impossible. It's not utterly unworkable to set parameters and then render them. Okay, one other thing I'd like to show is a way you can use this to create continuously evolving textural beds. Um, there are There's a preset in here called Magic Wand, which uses a particle generator that kind of circles around the microphone. So I jump to my single view so we can see it. So the way this works is... It's a particle emitter that circles the microphone and dumps a bunch of particles in its trail like a big magic wand. Now, your obvious default usage for something like that would be a bunch of individual little chimes or tinkly things um, that would sound like a big uh, magic wand casting a spell around and around the head of the listener. But the other thing that you can do with this, basically, is you can use it as a as a generator to generate sound for as long as you want it to happen. Um, so say you have like literally a five or 10 minute bed that you want to create, you can do that uh, in a nice kind of even way with this, th with this particular preset. So if I want to create something musical, um, I can add some preset musical notes. like this. And then maybe one of these. So I don't need a whole bunch of them. Just need a few that are in key. And then I can add a little bit of some chime sparkly to it as well, some wind chimes from the Hisner Roar Library. of that and then I'm going to change a couple of default settings here to make this work for what I'm trying to do which is to create one long textural bed that lasts as long as I need it to last first thing I'm going to change is I'm going to lose the stretch and pitch that's part of the preset and the random delay that's part of the preset uh, mostly because I don't want it to go atonal on me I want it to be very kind of even um, then I'm going to go into my main project settings and I'm going to change my minimum distance. It's set right now to one-tenth of one meter away from the microphones is the minimum distance. Um, I don't want anything to come super close to the mics here, even though I'm going to like randomly generate particles otherwise. So I'm going to make sure that everything stays at least, oh, let's say eight meters away from me. Once it hits the eight meter mark, it should uh, consider the minimum distance, which means it's going to uh, just kind of divert around the microphones without getting too close to them. If I come back to my particle emitter here, 
the spherical velocity on the emitter is what is making it move around in a circle. And I kind of like that as a general rule. The particles are moving randomly along all three axes. I want to make them not move up and down in space along the z-axis. And I'm going to start my elevation, um, say, three meters overhead of that particle emitter. So if I were to look at it from the front and watch the thing go, it'd be going and kind of dropping stuff over the over my head, basically. Like so. You know what, and that's a change, actually. I don't want it to change a whole lot. We'll move it, make it go one. So it's just randomly moving up and down a bit. And we're gonna set the minimum value to zero, so it's only moving up. We can do other things with our particles. We can add a, a spherical, a rotation movement to it so that when the particles do go out in space, so look at it from the top, they're going to start spinning a little bit on their own and rotating in and around. And we can also change the radius a little bit too. So again, so that they get a nice kind of random movement. Now, the default on the particle rate is 20 particles per second for 10 seconds. If I go to one particle per second, or even half a particle per second, it's only going to spit out one emitter every second. And then I can set my duration as long as I want. I mean, if I set it for, you know, 60 seconds, it's going to, it's going to take a full minute before it actually spits out all the particles. It's only going to give me 60 particles total um, to render that and hear exactly what we're talking about with that. It'll sound like this. a big kind of nice full unison musical chord. If I want to add a few more modifiers to exactly how that sounds, I can add some random gains to it. So they'll go within about 12 dB of gain. So some of the elements of the chord will go softer. Let's move that to eight so it's a little bit tighter. Um, I don't want to change my delays. My delays are kind of already happening and I like them to be nice and even if I'm going to do a nice continuous texture. Uh, EQs, you can put some filters on there if you want to. The filters will make it sound a little phasey, which could be useful or not. Uh, granular is not particularly useful for this, I've found. And you don't want to mess with time and pitch when you're dealing with music because I want everything to stay in the uh, musical kind of coherent space. So the main thing I did was just kind of change my volume levels into a random state between 0 and negative 8 as I do that. Um, one thing I didn't do was reset my particle emitters um, with regards to which decisions it made and where they go. So it's going to sound the same, it's just going to mix different. I can 
do a couple of things. I can add more particles per second. So instead of one per second, I can give it to three per second. And I can go into my distance attenuation and make it attenuate a little bit more so I can emphasize some of the blowing by and change my minimum distance to being a little bit tighter from eight meters down to six meters. So I'm gonna feel a little bit more Doppler effect with those couple of settings. This is taking longer to render now, obviously, too, because it's got to deal with all these particles across a full minute. And again, I can go the opposite direction, too. Or if I go to my particle emitter and start narrowing down things, so say I want to pull out a little bit of that cacophony kind of vibe. So I've only got three notes as part of my main source instead of four, which is causing a little bit of dissonance. And I can narrow my particles down to half a particle per second. So there's fewer particles out there in the air. I could even chill the dissonance on even more by backing out even one more note. So there's only two notes, and they're basically octaves of one another at this point. just go on and on and on for as long as I want. I've got it at 60 seconds here. I can put that sucker to 600 if I wanted to. It would give me a really nice long render. <clears throat> or I can set it down to 10. That's kind of the nice thing about using this particle emitter technique in this specific thing is you can actually set your duration a little bit more directly when you're dealing with a particle emitter than when you're dealing with certain other um, particle fields in the software. So Particle emitters are a really good resource to build long, slow, consistently evolving textures. Okay, let's do something a little more fun. Let's do a sci-fi kind of weapon. So I'm going to start again with an empty project, just so we can observe the entire setup here. Back to single view. Got my MS set. Let's go ahead and go back to ORTF with the cardioid setup. All right, so I'm going to create a couple of different tracks here. Um, the first one I'm going to do is a particle emitter. And the reason I'm using a particle emitter for this, so basically my, my plan here is I'm going to have two layers of the gun actually firing that's going to be close to the mics, and I'm going to have a projectile that leaves the gun and goes out into space. So my first one is going to be my Psi Explosion. And I'm going to set it to one particle per second for one second. So it's going to give me a total of one particles. Why am I doing that? 
so that I can load up different, load up a bank of particles, basically. As I go back to my set here, Glitch Machines has an awesome library called Sizem. It's free and it sounds amazing. And I'm going to use that as my baseline here. So various Sizem ones. So that's going to be kind of one of the primary elements there. And I'm going to put that guy, let's say, um, we're going to go uh, one meter in the air. Actually, one meter in the air is on the z-axis. One meter in front of me. Like so. Maybe we'll say half a meter. Or a third of a meter in front of me. So a foot or so in front of me. There it is. Awesome. And again, I can add some randomization to that as well. We can, I'm gonna leave the gain pretty steady here, but I can randomly time and pitch stretch that guy within about six semitones. And if I reset it, it'll also pull a different sample. There's that. I can reset it one more time and leave a different render. So very similar to how a uh, game audio engine would work. Microphones and particle emitter right in front of me. All right, so I'm gonna add one more layer of another particle emitter. And here, I'm gonna add uh, the Boom Library Cinematic Hits. Has some awesome fire sounds. So I'm going to put a couple of banks. A little bit of those in there. Now, those are crazy loud. Uh, so what I'm, the way I'm going to deal with that is with my audio modifiers, I'm going to go under my gain. I'm going to say random gains. We're going to start it at 12, but I can hit my distribution here, and I can put my max value at, say, negative 6. So it's going to distribute anywhere between negative 6 and negative 12. If I... Uh, name this guy as my boom fire. Do the same thing here. I've got one particle per second for, or for one second worth of duration of explosioning. Let me set the uh, starting point in the same spot. So at the y-axis it's 0.3 meters. And at my z-axis it is one meter up in the sky. Do that guy again closer to me. Reset, render it again. Now if I unmute my Psi explosion. So that's kind of a nice spot. Reset, render again. Now something that's a little painful with regards to iterating is if I want to recycle my explosion and my boom fire, I have to click a lot to do that. It's entirely doable, but it's a pain as far as the amount of clicking that it takes to do, because basically you have to click out to each individual track and then render again. So that is my baseline. I'm gonna render it one more time until I find something that I love, because I'm gonna listen to it for a minute. That's the bomb, that's awesome.
All right, so let's give it a projectile. So now I'm going to create a single point source. I'm going to call this my projectile. You know what? I'm going to change this. I'm going to do the same thing. If I want a bank of things, I'm going to delete this track. This. I'm going to do another particle emitter. Call this projectile. Same thing, one particle per second for one second worth of duration. I'm going to add my base lab synths. So this is just some awesome glitched out synth stuff. Lots of those. So each of those is cut to exactly five seconds. So that's how long my projectile will exist in space. If I wanted it shorter, I would have to literally edit the audio file shorter. If I wanted it longer, I'd have to have a longer audio file. So there's that. So that's my source on my projectile. I'm going to start it at the same position as the rest of my guns. So 0.3 meters in front of me and one meter above me. Really, I can start it. Yeah, I guess that'll be fine. Just like so. I'm going to add movement to my particle. So my straight line movement, I'm going to add velocity. And I want it to go... 80 miles an hour out of the gun shooting forward um, and let's give it just a little bit of randomization with regards to spray left and right um, and what I can probably do there is just give it like one mile an hour plus or minus there I can go to my distribution under my acceleration and set my minimum value to something like 60 so it's only going to go between 60 and 80 miles an hour away from me. And if I drag my cursor and mute my other tracks, change my view from maybe left to right so I can see that thing go away. I don't really see it moving. Ah, there it is. That's the front of me. We see that thing flying off. If I re-render it to a different one, just like so. I can add other modifiers to this one as well. I can give it random gains within about 6 dB. I can give it random time and pitch within 12 is fine. And I can give it some random filters as well. Render one of those out. Reset it again. Now it's kind of got a harsh start to it. Um, there's a couple different ways I can deal with that. I can start the thing a little bit in front of the gun. So instead of 0.3 meters, we can say 0.6 meters in front of me. And then some of the actual rest of the weapons attack should help cover that as well. Now one other thing that's happening is my projectile is going before my weapon is going. So with my projectile I can add a delay to the start time. And I can set my minimum to 0.5 and my maximum to 0.5. So it will lock in at 0.5. Nice big old space gun.
reset all my parameters. Takes that many clicks to do it. Re-render. Now something else that's fun to do, go back to my top view. I can move my microphones around so I can have the gun fire from behind me. So right now my mics are at the zero position. I can move them 15 meters in front of the weapon. Render it again, it should fire behind me and pass by me. Maybe even three meters in front. Or if I wanted to put it, say, eight meters in front and then rotate it, uh, let's see, let's move it about two meters off to the side, rotate the azimuth uh, to 40, or was it 260? Like so. It'll basically uh, be on my left shooting, passing me left to right. So by shifting my microphone perspective around, I can shift exactly what it sounds like here. I can back it off even more. Eight meters there, three meters there. Render it again. Etc. I can zero it back out. goes. The other thing I can do is I can take that projectile and I can bend it around. So I give the particle a rotation velocity of say 60 so it's really going to get bendy. Reset everything again. Re-render. The other thing I could do if I wanted to is instead of one particle per second for one second, I could have it do five particles per second, and I can delay, set my delay between 0.5 and, say, 1. You render that guy. So one explosion will send off five particles at this point. I reset my particles. Really, 1.5 is long. Set down to within one. So there we go. So with this example, I feel like I really can show off both the extreme capabilities of what sound particles can do, and it also shows some of the limitations of the way that it's set up right now because it's a lot of clicking and you can't really rapidly iterate. Um, kind of the best way to rapidly iterate on something like this would be to, instead of exporting the individual audio each time you render, would just be to go through the clicking of the layers, play it once into a recording device, and just do that over and over and over again. One thing that I would absolutely love to see would be under the export window, right now your only option is export audio. I would love to see export iterations where you can specify the number of iterations this thing will spit out 
where every single time you do it, it resets every single um, particle emitter um, and just kind of redoes the math over and over again until you tell it to stop. I think something like that would be just really, really nice as far as rapid iteration. All right, I'm going to attempt something relatively large scale here. It's going to be the battlefield. So I have a whole bunch of samples that I can place in a field, and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. So I'm going to add, uh, I'm going to switch my microphones to an XY cardioid pair. Go to single view here. I'm going to add a particle group to create a battle. In this particle group, I'm going to set it up as a box. And I can set my width uh, distance measurement to be miles inside of my preferences. So preferences will show your units as whatever you want them to be. So I can shift it from yards to miles. Uh, let's make this a one mile width um, with a zero height. Everything's going to be ground level. Well, we'll call it. 0.003 height. If I switch that to my front view, I can see exactly how much that is. Maybe 0.03. And we will uh, make the minimum zero so everything is above us or not. So there's that much variation in the landscape. One mile in either direction here. Now um, I'm going to add a bunch of explosions. Uh, it starts out, it defaults to 100. I think 100 is going to end up being fine. Now, ah, you know what? I'm going to back it off to about 35. We'll say there's 35 big old explosions that end up going down. The excellent Tonsturm Distant Explosions Library has a whole bunch of beautiful things in it. So we're going to add some of those guys to our library. Distant explosions uh, raw sounds like this. Just some really nice stuff recorded from real far away. We can add some modifiers to it. We'll add some random gains and we'll add a little bit of some random time and pitch. We keep it within about five semitones. So if I render out exactly what we're hearing here. Now what happened here is all of the explosions kind of went off at once. So if I want to stagger them a little more, I can go back into my audio modifiers and add a uh, delay, which would delay the start of it. And we can say up to about 15 seconds worth of delay. And we can change the way that the delay is distributed, right? It defaults to randomly across the probability, but you can actually ramp it up um, which would make sense with regards to how a battle would actually go down. Um, so without even rendering it, we can see exactly how they would show up and disappear. Rendering it down now, these explosions should happen a little bit more in increasing intensity as the battle goes on.
this kind of distant battlescape. And if I wanted to have it do something different, I just reset it, re-render it, cut it again. So let's add another layer here. So we can add another particle group. We're going to call this ricochets. We're going to start him in a box. And we'll keep these guys a little tighter. We'll keep them within a half a mile of us. It defaults to 100 particles. I think 100 particles would be fine. Let's add some audio files to it. Frank Bree has an excellent ricochet library. So I'll just add a bunch of files from that. There's 64 of those guys. So as it updates that, the ricochets before processing sound like this. So we can do something similar with regards to audio movement uh, modifiers. So we can randomize the gain. We can randomize the time and pitch. Say within three. Randomize the delay. Again, if I don't randomize my delay here, they're all going to start within two seconds. So I want them to all start within about 30 seconds. Um, and you can see what that did to my timeline there. Let me actually slow that up to within about, oh, we'll say, well, if I do one second, now we're going to say 20. See what happens there. guys are actually getting um I'm getting rained down upon there so if I change my delay distribution again to a ramp where it ramps up and let's change my number of particles down to about 50 here because a lot of those seem to have a bunch of Ricos built into them actually let me change it let me just drop it to 20. Now, because a lot of these files seem to have a lot of multiple iterations within them, I can just move those things around. So I will add on my Ricos a velocity where they will uh, scatter off in random directions along the X and Y, not necessarily along the Z. Uh, and without rendering it, I can kind of see what I did just by dragging my timeline around. So I'll see some of those things moving around.
can even move them faster. And I can start spinning them with the rotation. So that gives me a nice little bit more randomization to when those Rikos actually start showing up. the density feels much better there. Okay, so now I can chuck a little particle emitter in there and start firing off helicopters. So we'll call this helicopters. We're gonna fire off one, we're gonna say 0.2 particles per second for about 10 seconds. Let's say point, we'll do it for 30, for 20 seconds. And we'll say 0.3. So that adds up to six particles. We see the math show up there. And I'm gonna do a particle emitter just like I did before. So I'm going to add uh, from my audio files some echo collective helicopters, just a few of them. Just like so. Those are nice long runs. Now I'm going to give the emitter a location, starting point. We're going to give, put it on the Y, I'm sorry, on the X axis so they come by us one mile away. So I should see helicopters coming by me here. Now I'll probably want to start them closer to me than that so that they go by me in some sort of reasonable fashion. And I can probably move them even faster and spray them out a little more. Right, let's see what that does. Looks like I had one helicopter jack up my entire gain structure. So I'm going to move my point source, those helicopters, put them in front of me a little more. So on my y-axis, move them half a mile in front of me. Really, I can even move them closer. If I really want to hear them. Yeah, that's more like it. Again, I can play with my balance a little bit. Now, if I want to play with my balance in post, one option that I have when I actually export this thing is, I can change my distance attenuation too, but I kind of like where my distance attenuation is. On my mic system, 
when I render it, I've got stems of all three, the distant explosions, the Rico, and the helicopters. In order to render stems, I'd have to mute out the parts that I don't want to hear. So, give myself explosions there. Render that. Myself Rico's. Render that. And then helicopters. Render those guys. And then I can rebalance them in post. I wish it was easier to rebalance them in the software. It's kind of not. With that said, it's a powerful way to put that many items out there in the field, in the world, around you. And then you can basically globally control distance with your distance attenuation. So if I want everything to sound a little closer, I attenuate it a little less. And then everything will sound a little closer when I re-render. So there we have that. It's powerful software. It's got a steep learning curve. It's got some quirks. It's obviously very young. It needs uh, it needs a couple of things. Uh, I'm definitely going to submit a feature request list for a whole bunch of stuff that I would love to see it do. Uh, but that's the overview. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It is available for free if you are a student, but you can't use it in commercial projects. 300 bucks otherwise, in my opinion, when you get that Doppler set right, it's worth the 300 bucks on its own. So there you have it, sound particles. Okay, I'd like to just add a little addendum to this video, and that is that after I recorded this screen cap, I came up with a list of feature requests that it really felt like the software needed. And I reached out to Nuno Fonseca, who was the author of this software, and he was very gracious in receiving my feedback. And he actually said that he's working on quite a bit of what I had already listed out. I'm just going to spell out the list of things that I felt like the software could use with regards to making a wider variety of samples usable more quickly in the software and just kind of removing some annoyances. So again, I've already created this list of feature requests. I've submitted it to Nuno. Nuno was very receptive to the list that I sent him. So here's what I sent. I felt like 
the software could use a simple limiter on the mic arrays, just something to allow you to handle dynamics inside the software. It's nice that it does a straight normalization, but there are certain, you know, peaky transient elements sometimes that a limiter would help control, and it would be nice to be able to do that inside the software. I would love the ability to bypass movement and modifiers without deleting them. The way the, the software currently stands, say you have your particles like, you know, zipping around with a, with a rotation, you know, velocity or something like that. If you want to, say, temporarily turn that rotation velocity off and have them moving in a straight line, the way that it currently sits, you have to delete that rotation velocity. And then if you want to re-implement that, you have to manually enter it again. So the ability to bypass a movement, a particle movement, without actually deleting it would be super useful. One thing that would be great would be the ability to set a start point marker on a sample. As it is, the samples must be pretty heavily pre-edited to produce, you know, predictable results in a lot of situations. And so if you were allowed to set basically an in and an out point, it'd be easier to take longer onboards and make them more usable with regards to when you're Dopplering things by and situations like that. Instead of having to pre-edit it, if you could just set an in and an out point inside the software, I felt like that would be very useful. It would also be useful to be able to set global particle fade-ins and fade-outs. If you have a bunch of audio files that you just chopped up, maybe a little sloppily or whatever, say hypothetically you had a long recording of a bunch of, say, bells, and you used something quick like strip silence to chop the one long recording into, you know, a hundred smaller recordings, it'd be really nice to be able to set global fade-ins and fade-outs on those particles as they're coming across, or on those samples, I should say, as they're coming across inside the particles, instead of having to do that manually. And it would force you to intellectualize a little bit less on the front end as far as you, when you're prepping your samples. So I think something like that would be useful, just even in a simple case of removing DC offset, but even in longer cases if you want to just tail your long tails out, etc. I definitely requested a global recreate particles button. Um, near the render button. So instead of having to go into each individual layer and recreate the particles, you could just do it with a single mouse click. I think that would be super useful for rapid iteration. And I asked for a preference to autoplay upon render completion. So you can just set something to render and as soon as it finishes rendering, it'd be playing. That would just reduce mouse clicks a little bit. The big ones that I really would love to see would be the ability to export stems in one go as opposed to muting and unmuting what the mic's here to export your layers for further mixing and post. If you can create a bunch of layers, it makes sense to be able to export a bunch of layers. I think this is something that Nuno's working on, and I think it would be super, super useful as you get deeper and deeper into the complexities of this particular software. And then the other really big thing that would be amazing if it got implemented would be automated iteration. And ideally, in my perfect world, the way it would work is you would preset your layers, your parameters, your particle movement, your particle emitter movement, all of that. You'd have banks of sounds. And then you would go through a menu that would allow you to export iterations. Say you wanted, you know, 30 iterations of whatever this is, then 
in my ideal world, what would happen is the program would reset all the particles, render them, export them with a given file name that the user kind of gives you a, a prefix or a suffix to, right? And then it would do that again, reset the particles again, render it again, render the new render of the of the reset particles, export it again, etc. Do that all in one big batch so that all the user would have to input in the dialog would be the number of iterations that they want and the file name base. And then the uh, the software would just go about doing it the rest of the way. Obviously, there would have to be some limitations placed on this with regards to the max number of iterations that would be allowed or maybe the max output file length so that you don't do 600 files that are 15 hours long each. But something like that would be super, super useful for rapid iteration, in my opinion. And it would, it would just take the usefulness of what this program does up to another level, especially with regards to designing shorter sounds that aren't necessarily big, long ambiences, which is something that I feel like sound particles could potentially do really, really well. So there's that. This program is developed by one guy, and uh, he's, he's working with some big names in the industry. He's knowledgeable, he's smart, he's enthusiastic. His head's in the right place. I'm very hopeful that the software will continue to evolve and continue to mature. But even in its current state, it's super useful. It's super interesting. It's a different headspace. It requires more intellectualization, and it's less about flow. But it's super, super powerful when you have time to sit and, uh, and really work it. So I'm excited about it. I think it's great. I definitely recommend it, especially given what I think is in the pipeline. But even in his current state, without that list of feature requests that I put out there, it's, it's certainly worth it. So there are demos available out there. You can, you can download demo versions so you can sit and just kind of wrap your head around the workflow of it. And uh, in my opinion, it's worth it to do that. It's a, it's a very unique tool, and uh, I dig it. I think it's cool. So that was the screen grab. Hopefully that made sense. Thanks to everyone who listens and participates in the show. Thanks to Stacey Dupas for letting us bend and twist her voice on our bumpers. You can follow the show at the Tonebenders or go to ToneBendersPodcast.com to leave a comment. Also check us out on Facebook.com slash ToneBendersPodcast. Oh, one other note. If you want to support the podcast by using our Amazon or B&H affiliate links, there's an easy way to do that now. You can go to ToneBendersPodcast.com slash Amazon, bookmark that as your Amazon homepage, or ToneBendersPodcast.com slash BH, and use that as your B&H link. And uh, anytime you use those, they'll break off a piece and send it our way. Thanks again, everyone. See ya. Thanks for listening to ToneBenders. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes or Stitcher, please write us a review while you're there. Support the show, go to ToneBendersPodcast.com and click through our Amazon link or leave us a tip. You can also download and listen to our entire show archive there and leave a comment on our site or on SoundCloud. Keep up to date by following at the ToneBenders on Twitter or find ToneBenders Podcast on Facebook. Email us with your questions and ideas at info at ToneBendersPodcast.com. <laughs>